welcome you sexy goddess to the sweetest little life. I am your host, Courtney Hansen. I'm an author, yogi, Reiki master, and hypnotherapist specializing in trauma. My passion is to bring you wisdom each week with amazing guests to spark integration of all parts of yourself, to nurture your spirit, stimulate the mind, and love your body just a little bit more with each episode that drops. If you love this podcast and want more amazing resources for spiritual growth and holistic healing, make sure to download our app, The Sweetest Little Life, or head to the website, thesweetestlittlelife.com. Grab your favorite cup of tea or throw on your yoga pants and head for a walk while we hang out for the next 30 minutes of Soul to Soul Connection. With all of the recent fires in California, I really don't think we could have a more amazing guest for today that will resonate. My heart goes out to all the people who have lost their homes in recent events. Today's guest is Mary Firestone, and she has just released her new book, Trusting the Dawn. And this is the story of her trauma and survival during the 2017 California wildfires and the 2018 mudslide, which took her brand new family home. Mary has transformed her life through healing modalities, and this book is actually number one on Amazon's new release in stress management, self-help. And it's an offering for survivors of not just PTSD, but all kinds of trauma. In Trusting the Dawn, Mary draws from both her own real-life experiences and her background in clinical psychology to offer radical integrative handbook for not only healing the trauma, but awakening to even more joy and meaning because of your personal experiences. In the words of Dr. Joe Dispenza, trusting the dawn is medicine for anyone who wants to free their mind, body, and soul from the past. Today, Mary is sharing her story, her experiences, and we're talking about how to heal from trauma through mystical therapies and what that looks like to explore different modalities. So today is going to be such a treat. So without further ado, let's welcome Mary to the show. Mary, welcome to The Sweetest Little Life. How are you today? Hi, Courtney. Thank you for having me. I'm great. I am so excited for today. I know, me too. Uh, So I love stories. I love to hear what inspired you to start the work today, what your story is. Would you mind opening up the show with sharing that with us? I'd love to. Um... I have always, I've had a background in psychology and healing. I have my master's degree in clinical psychology, but then by the time I was finished with that degree, I moved from the East coast to California and I, you know, experienced, I mean, literally it sounds so sad today, but like yoga for the first time and energy healing and all different kinds of healing traditions and modalities. So, um, that kind of led me and my sister Lucy to found our company 10 years ago called Firestone Sisters, which was all about producing and curating these retreats, focusing on different healing modalities that we had found most helpful. Mm. That is one aspect. And then I, the reason that we're talking today is my work kind of accelerated, if you will. I had... Um, a near-death experience in the Montecito mudslide in early 2018. 
I was in my house with my husband and four-year-old son, and I was pregnant at the time, um, when um, we were not in an evacuation zone, and our house was destroyed in the middle of the night, and I was separated from them and thought everybody was gone, and my own death was imminent. I was trapped for five hours. Um, So that trauma and healing from it motivated me to um, go deeper with my own healing and also to kind of really embrace and explore this concept of post-traumatic growth rather than just PTSD. Mm. So I wrote a book that has just been published called Trusting the Dawn, How to Choose Freedom and Joy After Trauma, where I tell my story, I interview other kinds of trauma survivors. And then the whole second half of the book is dedicated to all different kinds of healing modalities so that people can find their own way through the darkness that can follow trauma into, for me, what I found like a more connected, loving, brighter present. That is beautiful. And I couldn't, oh, being separated and having that, how, right after, how did you go about processing everything that had happened? What were your steps for that? Because I know a lot of people really get stuck on the processing and the understanding what happened part. I think they do. And even, you know, I had the, the intellectual background to to know what was happening to me. And yet it's so interesting. Like I didn't, I think I was in such shock and kind of in this process of um, like the business of life, you know, I was pregnant. I had a four-year-old to to take care of. I had to find us a place to live and we lost all of our possessions and I mean, everything. Mm -hmm. So I think there was kind of this, And I was definitely in like that PTSD, like anxiety and fear and nightmares and all of it, all the good stuff. But, um, but I think the first step for me was in healing was, um, I did some cranial sacral work with, um, a woman in Santa Barbara, and that was really deeply healing for me. It kind of allowed for me to just, that was the first time I felt like calm after after the mudslide um and I go into detail about it in the book but it was just allowed me to kind of lie there to receive and um as Sarah Rebstock the therapist I worked with explains it's kind of like allowing different parts of the brain to talk to each other that have been kind of clamped up or shut down or because of the trauma so um that was deeply relieving for me that that first therapy session. Um, so that's a good first step for me. I also like EMDR um, for people that are struggling and you feel like you might be in kind of a loop. Um, again, it's kind of like reprocessing different thought patterns in the brain and it helps kind of break the loop, the trauma loop that we can all get stuck in. That little hamster wheel. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Oh, I'm lost. So I would love to talk today about healing trauma with mystical therapies because 
we are so much gearing in a more mystical way, especially after COVID. I think we're starting to really shift as a collective and explore different modalities and realize that healing is not a one size fits all. There's no magic pill. There's no, you know, you fit in this box and that's how it is because we're all so different. And so I would love to hear your thoughts on that and what helped you and really where you see the most growth with the people. I know you've interviewed so many people. Yeah, I, and I, I couldn't agree with you more about, and I'm so excited that we're kind of moving into this, um, you know, that, that people are, it's becoming more mainstream to talk about mystical therapies and, um, that is very exciting. And also I agree that there is no one size fit, fit all, fits all. And even, you know, two people processing and healing from the same trauma are going to have different trajectories and different things are going to work and different at different times and different practitioners. So I, um, again, going back to like intellectually healing and that for me was like more traditional therapy. I'm like, okay, like I, I got it. Like I might intellectually, I've been talking about it. I've you know, it'd been in talk therapy for a long time, which I do think there's a time and a place for it. And I do think it has great benefit, but these mystical therapies for me, it was like, there was trauma that was stored on a deeper level, like a subconscious or certainly in a, like in your physical body. But then there was like, as I kept going with my healing, on the mud side. And then I had, you know, an instance of sexual abuse at the age of seven that I'd been in talk therapy for decades about. And in doing some of the mystical therapeutic work, I healed actually aspects of that, that, um, hadn't yet been healed. So, I mean, gosh, they could go in so many different, I, I, the first way in, I think for a lot of people that might be newer to, other states of consciousness or um, other dimensions of reality. Like, you know, we exist every day in, in a 3D and a three-dimensional reality, most of us. Uh, and meditation is a really easy, free way to begin to explore other realms of consciousness and other dimensions almost. Um, you know, I love Dr. Joe Dispenza. He has written several books and he has a lot of programming online. Um, his meditations, I think, are great. I learned Vedic meditation. Mm, powerful. Yeah. And I, my teacher, Christian Bivakwa, I think he's still teaching Green Tree Meditation. Um, but that's another way in. Um, I think it's a nice place to start. And I, I've, I feel like I can already hear people being like, but I can't meditate. I can't sit. <laughs> <laughs> and I was one of those people, you know, it's, it's pretty type A, uh, keeping busy. And, and, uh, and I think it's just like practice, you know, just keep practicing. And, and once you kind of glimpse behind the veil or, you know, another dimension, I think then it gets pretty exciting and you, and you want to keep going and you, you feel good. So that's one kind of 
entry beginner <laughs> right mystical um therapy that I think has huge benefits um and then I don't know if you want me I mean I can go off into the shamanism shaman that I saw and yeah I want to hear it all <laughs> um so I wound up over the course of my healing seeing three different shaman um and shaman shamanism there's like a lot of different schools of it I guess like there's different mm -hmm. um there's some that kind of are born more from like the tradition like a voodoo tradition and um one gentleman I worked with it was a South African tradition and so there's a lot of different um traditions I guess of yes. shamanism um, the first person I met with was in like an Arizona desert and his, I believe his lineage was more like Native American. Um, and we did a lot of kind of, it was very hot. He took me into this like hot, like extremely hot <laughs> yurt. Um, and we were already in the desert. So we did a lot of talking, a lot of processing. And then he had me lie down on this table and he's drumming and chanting around me and swatting my body with like owl wings. And um, he was hitting kind of acupressure points as well. Mm -hmm. um, and the whole idea for him, because at that time I was so literally still afraid of everything and that everything was an imminent death threat. Um, and I remember him saying to me, or rather like screaming slash chanting in my ears, like, do you think that you, you know, you survived all that to get taken out now? Like, no, like you have a job to do. Your job is to, is to do this work, is to help other people, is to share your, you know, um, your story, your healing, your light, like get on with it. <laughs> so it's kind of like, okay. Um, so that was you know, he was really powerful. Um, and I do like, I, I love like the shaman, shamanistic traditions. Also, I just want to say, because sometimes um, they can draw on other energies. Mm -hmm. um, if something doesn't feel right, or feels like discordant with you, um, like don't do it, you know, or if I had another shaman here, the one from the South African tradition, he had me like tie a red bracelet on um, that was supposed to help me kind of tap into my more warrior side. And for like days after I felt like so out of sorts, but not in a good way. And mm -hmm. uh, another healer actually I saw was like, I think you take the red string bracelet off. Like there's, Two, that is not actually that power is not in alignment and in a frequency with your vibration. So it's, that's not the right tool for you. So I took it off and I felt much better. So, you know, again, I think it's this whole like idea of like, there are all these different um, modalities available to us and magic and mysticism. And also like, you are your own best guide, like keep coming back to you keep checking in with yourself and, you know, and be in alignment with that because there's, 
the healing, you ultimately are the one that heals you. Right. Right. It's within. It's within and we have the power to do it. And I feel like myself included, we sometimes give that power away to someone with a title or, um, a, you know, a, a lab coat sometimes or, a you know, whatever else. So really like you are the one, there are guides, there are practices that people know how to do really well, but ultimately it's, you're the one who does it for you. Yeah. And as a healer, you know, on the flip side of things, you know, you can tell if you can't help someone or if they're not in alignment with you, because going back to, it's not one size fits all, right? Like anyone with that integrity should be able to tell you, like, I'm not your person because I can feel that our energies are just not in alignment. And, you know, there, there's been people that I've had to tell like, Oh yeah, this isn't, you need to go see this person or this person and steer them in the right direction. And I'll never forget when I first got on my own healing journey, it was really interesting because I had never really been given permission to be curious about things that weren't societal norms. And so when I started getting curious, like everything in me was so against the grain because I was raised very religious. And so I was like, oh, I'm going straight to hell. I'm burning for all of this. Mm-hmm. And when I, when I was in my Reiki master course, um, we did this section on reincarnation and past life regressions and how to do past life regressions and all of that good stuff. And I just remember sitting there and just being like, so... It, it made sense to me. And I, I realized I was like, I have not fully been open to receiving healing or to working with the right people because there's been such a layer of energetic fear that has been placed there. Yes, I can relate to that too. <laughs> yes. I, I was just thinking when you were talking about him with Feather, I'm like, I bet you were so scared because I, I would have been like, what's happening? I'm here for it, but what's happening? <laughs> exactly. And I'm just going to go with it and I'm going to, you know, will myself to like try to stay as calm and relaxed. <laughs> Coming home to my breath. Yeah. And I think, you know, what you're touching upon too like there's so much power in how like what society has told us and what religion and what our schooling and what our parents and like maybe everyone with with our best interest in mind and you know maybe not always so there's such um again like going back to this is a whole other conversation Courtney but I feel like so many of us myself included like we don't even really know who we are Mm. because we've not been encouraged to like really turn in and discover that and go from there. Um, So I think we're kind of, that's like a major part of this healing. And if we can tap into ourselves, um, then I think we could kind of, you know, streamline our own healing and help others more effectively and quickly and yeah. That's another conversation. That's book two, I think. That's book two. <laughs> so when you started to explore all of these modalities, what was the top thing for you personally that really allowed you to kind of strip away those negative beliefs that were creating that block for you originally that we just talked about? I think I started to just notice how much better I was feeling and how much 
like um, the circumstances of my life, although some people would be like, what do you mean? You went through a mudslide and it was so hard and all, but there were so many shifts that happened afterwards. Like, you know, what, where I was living, what relationships were showing up for me, what opportunities were showing up for me. So I just started to feel so much more like in the flow, if that makes sense. Mm. And to, in a good way, some kind of divine force, um, which I did feel, I have to say that, um, you know, that night when I was trapped, there was, I felt a presence with me that was like a very presence and um, it's hard to put into words, but I, you know, there was like, again, a little peek behind the veil, this understanding that there's so much more going on than what we can see and access every day. And so kind of reinvigorated and like reframed my, I like beliefs in the divine and angels or, or, you know, I don't know, whatever we want to call it, but, um, I felt so like, you know, and again, if I can like stay in connection through meditation and through my daily practices with, um, with like those higher frequencies or whatever we want to call them, I feel like my life goes much better. Oh, absolutely. And I, I love that you said the peak behind the veil, because I actually have a very similar story. And when we get those small moments, it really does put certain things into perspective. I well, I, well, I think I was like 11 or 12. I was young. And we had my grandmother had just died. And we had moved to Illinois and we were living in this house and my dad had moved down the street from his girlfriend and his girlfriend was in the middle of a divorce. And you know, when you're young, you don't quite understand like jealousy and relationships. You're still learning it all right. Yeah. And so my dad had run to the store and back then you stayed home when you were, you know, nine, 10, 11. Right. And so I was home alone. There are no cell phones. <laughs> there was nothing back then, right? No inter- The internet wasn't a big thing yet. And so this man had come walking around the back and came in through the sliding door and I did not know who this man was. And I was terrified. So I ran to the bathroom thinking someone's breaking in. I called 911. I don't know what to do. I'm just sitting there crying, trying not to be heard. Um, and I'm thinking like, this is it. I'm, I'm done. And all of a sudden I had, um, again, I was raised very religious, but I had screamed out for help because I got, I got so scared because I started hearing banging. Well, the guy was downstairs. We had a four story house and the guy was on the basement in the Midwest. You have like underground basements, right? Because of tornadoes and all that fun stuff. Mm -hmm. And so he was in the basement. I was on the third story. It was like a, you know, quad level. And I, I heard this huge boom. It was a pot that fell from the counter in the kitchen, right where I was in the bathroom. And um, the guy goes running out. The police show up shortly after. And I heard this voice say, just stay put, just stay put. And I was like, what is, who's here? Like, what's happening? Yeah. And I came out and there was, there, there was no one in the house to make that pot fall from the cupboard onto the kitchen floor. And then hearing the voice and from that moment on, although I blocked it out and made really poor life choices for a while after that, but you know, it was like, I knew that there, I had, you know, angels, guides, whatever you want to call them around me, because there was no scientific way that that could have happened. 
but it really kind of started leaning me in towards that curiosity for the mysticism, for the magic, like you're talking about. So I just, I love that you say that because we get these moments and sometimes we push them down like they're no big deal until, and the universe will keep smacking us over the head, you know, until we get it. But it's yeah. just, it's amazing. I love hearing those stories because it really is, you know, we are so divinely protected. We are, I know. I, and I, for all the things that happened in your experience, you know, to line up so that you were safe. Um, and same thing for me that night. I'm like, there's so many what ifs that if one of those things had, you know, it had been like a second, seconds different or so many things that lined up so that I survived and my husband and child survived that again, you have to wonder like, you know, or believe that, that there was some other energy and force like keeping, keeping you safe and guiding you. So, and I kind of talk about that in the book, like I, that there's like a gift in trauma. And I certainly don't mean that the trauma is the gift. Like, no, <laughs> yeah, we're not saying that. We're not saying that. But what we're saying is um, I think the gift lies in like what you were saying, this like connection to like when we get pushed and sometimes it is like through an extreme, extreme situation where our, our life or someone else's life that we love is at stake, uh, or maybe someone we don't even know, but like when our mortality is kind of squashed up, you know, brought to the present, the forefront and you, you and have this sense that there is, that there are divine protect, protective forces and that also that how precious life is and how fragile and most of us go around so busy and frenetic and myself included sometimes focused on like the minutiae when it's like no like the gift is like loving each other more fully like being more present being in nature like doing what you love sharing your story and and doing what you're doing Courtney and like having these conversations and giving other people permission to share their stories and come forward and heal and live more fully. Yeah, absolutely. Um, with your book, is it, I know you said it just came out. Is it available for purchase yet? Yes, it's available. Um, it was published by sounds true. It's on Amazon and Barnes and Noble and target and <laughs> everywhere. Uh, Amazing. Yeah. So we can get it easy. You can get it easy, Courtney. <laughs> Perfect. And then I, I know that I, I could talk to you for an hour here, but if the audience is currently going through trauma and stuck in that loop, where would you advise them to take that first step? I think if, if people have access to a, a therapist, um, EMDR, again, is a really good, safe, researched, good step that um, can help snap you out of that loop. For me, the first time I did EMDR, that was the first night that I didn't have a nightmare. Mm -hmm. um, so that would be a place that I would go to first. If you're somewhere and you can't, you don't have access to a therapist, um, there's a woman named Laurel Parnell who wrote a book called Tapping In. Um, and she kind of walks you through, it wouldn't, it's not EMDR on your own, but something called like the butterfly tapping technique. 
that can help kind of regulate the hemispheres of the brain and, um, and help with those loops. Um, my book, I swear I'm not just promoting my book, but like I have a lot of resources in there if you don't have access to somebody else. Mm -hmm. um, the meditation is a good place to start to quiet your nervous system down. Right. Meditation is so huge because it's something that you can do in the safety of your home too if you're not able to quite get out there yet. Yeah. Oh, I also want to say something else that um, flower essences I loved and had great results with, and they are pretty easily accessible if you have like a health food store near you, or there's a company online that I love. I interviewed the founder, Katie Hess, for the book, Lotus Way, W-E-I. Um, but in particular, she has like a whole series dedicated to trauma. It's like a trio. And um, I know Spotted Bee Balm is particularly helpful for trauma, but um, also like pine is good for trauma, aspen. Um, so that would be another resource. Oh, pine and pine and cedar were like two of my favorites for grounding when I felt so floaty and like I couldn't get in my body. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Love Which, that you shared that. Yeah. And going back to like this idea of like being centered in ourselves and knowing ourselves and that, you know, I think that's kind of a lot of times trauma and, and you're like in mystical traditions they'll say that a trauma can like scare the spirit out of the body. Mm -hmm. So part of our healing is like bringing the spirit back into the body. Yes. 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 Which is uh, much easier said than done. True. I, <laughs> I work on it, you know, every day. I love someone was like, so when do you know you're done? I'm like, I <laughs> think it's kind of a lifelong and not in a bad way. Like as you, we're saying too, like curiosity, like the more I discover and the more I heal and then, you know, you discover some other aspect, which I just keep reframing as an opportunity and <laughs> yes, keeping that curiosity. Uh, that's so funny because I get asked that question all the time and I am like, well, I think when we're done learning lessons and that's when we die. Right. So I'm pretty sure that this is, this is forever. <laughs> we're, we're in it. Exactly. But it really is a, a beautiful journey once we get through the mud. Yeah. Literally. Get through yeah. the mud. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So where is the best HubSpot that the audience can reach out to you if they have questions, if they resonate with your story, where can we find you? I, um, I have a website dedicated just to the book and all this called uh, maryfirestone.co.com because someone has that one already. And then, and then um, also my Instagram, I have two. It's Firestone Sisters, which is a lot of the work I do with my sister as well. And then I have one just dedicated to the book, which is Trusting the Dawn 2022. Oh, I love that. Well, thank you so much for sharing your vulnerability and your story today. I know a lot of people are, this is going to hit very close to home for. So I just appreciate you and all the work that you're doing. So thank you very much. Thank you too, Courtney. And I know it was great connecting. Yes, finally. <laughs> no. <laughs> it's been a month. <laughs>
It was worth the wait. It was. So thank you again. And we will be in touch so soon. Thank you so much for listening to The Sweetest Little Life today. I hope you walk away feeling inspired, feeling a little bit more lighter, a little bit more free than what you were before you hit that play button. As always, please, sharing is caring. We love to hear your thoughts. We love to get feedback, um, guest recommendations, all the things. And if you're not subscribed, hit that little subscribe button before you leave today. And until next time, we will be hanging out soon.